Good teams win, great teams cover. It may not have looked beautiful, but Baylor basketball gets another win in Big 12 play. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears, alongside Brandon McKinnon from our Daily Bears. Bears win. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Brandon, the this this whole like you know is Baylor basketball elite conversation we've been having. I don't I don't think last night proves that they 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 are or they aren't, but it gives you another like you, you covered you covered in Big Twelve play. You cover in Big 12 play, which is all that matters. You open by saying good teams win, great teams cover. And Baylor covered, albeit at the final moments for those of us that had Baylor nine and a half. Me? That was a little bit of a sweat. But, you know, I mean, you saw a lot of great things. The second half was a little bit rocky. A lot of that probably due to Cryer coming out, rotation, shuffle. But, I mean, you – Oklahoma always plays us tight. They bounced us from the Big 12 tournament last year. It was a nail-biter in Norman this year. I'm glad that they're no longer on our schedule, and we got the win. We The the train just keeps on rolling into a big week in the basketball. What do you think, Drake? no, no, no. You told me off the air before this show that you, this did not go how you expected, and I was waiting for you to rip into this team and talk about Kale Bloner and Flo Thamba, which we seem to do every episode now. Yes, yes. I was waiting for a tangent. Well, Brandon, give me your unabridged thoughts. Well, then you reminded me that great teams cover and that I owe Jalen Bridges half of my winning. So I'm probably going to be entering his DMs looking for his Venmo handle within the rights of NIL to That's thank him for legal. those two free throws. NIL, yes, you can make it. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I'm kidding for whoever, you know, listens to this pod, for everyone who listens to this pod. Um, yes, yeah, so I left the game, like left watching the game from my living room to my office to pod with you, thinking – that was very underwhelming, and I hate to be that guy. Yes, yeah, Drake, go ahead. Oh, hey, uh, Brendan, me. Um, Drake Toll, Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. I was at the game and left at halftime. Back to you. <laughs> so you were just as underwhelmed as I was. Oh, I mean, 100%. Like, I was bored. I was falling asleep. I yeah, was falling asleep. Dude, so I'm sorry I missed your hand up. That's on me. This is why you got to watch on YouTube because it's always a, a train wreck with us. You had a guy from ESPN yesterday. Pete is a great dude, and then I follow this. But I was underwhelmed because it just felt like we were flat. I mean, it's hard to say you're flat when you score 82 points. I get that. I understand the irony. Maybe I'm being too tough on the team. Maybe I'm being too negative, and I should enjoy a good thing. But – it was a bit of a letdown after you beat the brakes off tech. I know tech is not as good as OU, but the record doesn't say they're that far apart, you know? And so it's, it's, I was underwhelmed. There were a lot of forced shot, a lot of missed jumpers. The defense wasn't great. I mean, OU just destroyed us in the pain. I was, I was ready to hear this little creak. That's me. opening the, That's me opening the drawer. My panic button is I was ready to push that in the first half. I was, I was concerned. Yeah, the defense wasn't good. That's kind of why I left. I was like, oh, nobody's here. The crowd was bad. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Everybody's got stuff to do. I get it. I get it. Baylor's not Duke. Baylor's not Kansas. Never will be. Okay. Uh, so I, I, you know what? I fed into it, and I left. Because I said, <laughs> this defense isn't good. The crowd's not here. The atmosphere stinks. Yeah. And I kept, like, every time the I, I'm broken. I'm a broken Baylor basketball fan. 
because every possession on offense that I watch, I think, get it to flow. Get it to flow. Throw in the ball. And then when Caleb Lohner gets on the floor, I had to hit him, hit him. I just want to see something good happen. So I can yeah. go on the pod and be like, ah, ha, ha, he's redeemed himself. And Flo had that dunk. Um, but well, I, when I they did was- try and throw Flo the ball, it ricocheted off his chest and was a turnover, which was not an ideal play. That's happened a couple times in my life. I've seen that a few times. So, again, he had the dunk. Very cool flow. Very cool. The rest of the whole game Less of the cool flow and and the efficient free throw shooting. Let's is, let's play that game. He is very good at free throw shooting now. I don't but know what the happened. Other parts, yeah. I don't know what happened. Something clicked. Sent him to the line. Uh, but if Brandon were going to circle one thing, you go, oh, that was that was bad. That was kind of crappy. The defense. They all have thirty five points in the first half. Thirty seven in the second half. Oklahoma shot forty nine percent. From the field in this game, they were they- over. They were over fifty until the final two and a half minutes when they went cold. And then, I mean, it was yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it, like you but hear no, no, forty nine, yeah. you're like, no. But there, it was another team over fifty percent against a defense that's supposed to be highly touted. It was frustrating. So you won. I mean, you won. And look, I look, I I want to be the good cop here. You can be the bad cop because I I usually fit that role. Yeah. But I the defense wasn't very good. You allowed you you'd force enough turnovers to win. Six in the second half was pretty big. You 14 overall, and you only turned the ball over seven times yourselves. Um, but the shoot, you didn't put a ton of pressure on Oklahoma shooters. And the had OU not shot 50% from the free throw line, they've got a legitimate chance to win this game. Baylor covered because of late game free throws. OU right. gets sporadic in the last two minutes. If OU shoots, makes two or three more free throws. Then you uh, this this game should have been closer than ten points for sure. Yeah, well, the way they played it should have, but with the talent on both rosters, it should not have been. When you are at home, you look at the rosters mm-hmm. up and down. This game should not be a ten a ten point sweat. Like it really shouldn't. Yeah. And had it, and frankly, I mean, you talk about the free throws and all those things, but if it hadn't been for Adam Flagler hitting absurd mid range jumpers, which is the lowest percentage shot in basketball typically, yes. unless your name is Adam Flagler. The game goes completely different. And I mean, I know that that's defensively what OU was doing. They were they were hedging screens really hard and Flagler took the space, which typically was right between the key and the three-point line. So you, that's the shot he had. But those are 50-50 shots. We're lucky Flagler hit 75% of those mid-range shots today because the game would have been very different. And it, I mean, the turnover part is encouraging because if you remember earlier this season, we were turning the ball over all the time. We were giving them, giving it away. And yeah. we talked about that. So if you're going to pull a positive, that's one we covered, we won, but there's just so much that I wish was tighter at this point in the year, you know, that doesn't have me super optimistic. And I'm yes. normally the good guy. When, when I do this pot, I'm normally the good guy. And true. I was upset today. Well, and we will get, we will get into even the future of big Tw- of the big Tw- the outlook in the next few games for the bears. Um, I do before I go into my little ad read, the one, the only one that I have here, Jonathan Chamwa Chichua. That's yes. It. That's what it is. People you say his name. You're not crazy. You're not crazy. He said his freshman year, Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. I remember it. I was there and everybody friend for Shilla. We all took it and ran Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. That's how we've been saying it. No, the uh, the book the actual like pronunciation guide is different from the audio that that john gave them where he says jonathan chamo chachua so you're screaming at the announcers as i've i have been doing the same thing they're saying it correctly dude so it's funny you bring that up my my wife was watching the first half with me um and that's very she was it was it was a good time and she was she made mention this is when you know it's bad 
she is a great Baylor fan when it's big games, playoffs, bowl games. She's in. Yeah. Regular season, she loves going. Casual TV watcher. She says they are saying Jonathan Chamwachachua wrong. And until I saw your tweet and went online where uh, Matt Roberts, the associate AD communications, there's that little ear logo on the the team roster. You can hear them say it, which is what you're referring to. And it is, in fact, Jonathan Chamwachachua um, or Everyday John. We need to uh, put an Ixnay in the JTT abbreviation. He's not a fan of that. And maybe you hate it. Maybe you hate that his name is said this way. And we've been doing it for three years and no one said anything. But we have to retrain ourselves because it is Jonathan Chamochachua. That is his name. So that is what we will say. As, with chagrin, sure. But that's how we'll say it. We'll also say, Brandon, um, that there are some cool, good individual performances for Baylor in this game mm-hmm. that I think deserve mention. But first, I want to almost more importantly say that FanDuel is the number one sportsbook in America. There's nothing better than FanDuel. If you want, if you like things that are number one, if you like things that are number one, like Purdue men's basketball, you like FanDuel. FanDuel, if you're not a sports better, that's okay. It's still the number one sports book, with or without you. And if you go there right now, you can look at lines, you can look at things like that, like Super Bowl 57 is coming up. We're like one episode away from not having uh, any more episodes post Super Bowl. Like football season is about to end. Super Bowl 57, you'd have no sweat first bet. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Find a way. If it's legal in Texas, I don't know. 50, 57 Super Bowl. No sweat first bet. I put $3,000. And if I lose the bet, I get bonus bets back. Right. So I get $3,000 of free playback if my first $3,000 bet doesn't hit. So FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads, who will score a touchdown, all that jazz. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet. It's super easy. It's FanDuel. It's the official betting partner of the NFL. If you want to go make money, if you want to make money, passive income here, go to shock quality, look at their college basketball stuff, go utilize it at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is where I covered today, so I agree. Yes, nine and a half. Baylor did it. Also a big shock quality fan. Great follow on Twitter and great website for anybody, any stat heads out there. Love shot quality. It is surpassed to me has Lemetrics, which I used for a long time. It has surpassed Evan. Uh, uh, what's what's the one? What's the Evan Ken Maya. Palm? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, Evans is still good. He's a Baylor guy, so I won't I won't rat on Evan. They're they're even. Evans and shot quality. Brandon, things that are above even. Baylor's offense, eighty two points. The three speaking points, of shot quality, ah, the three points were bad. Yeah. Um, which they weren't bad against Texas Tech. Your most complete game of the year today. They were bad nine or yesterday nine for 28. Not great. That is under 30, but under 33%, under 30, your shots go in from deep. Um, but you only turn the ball over seven times. Keontae George, who again, he is kind of the definition right now of volume shooting. He shoots the ball a lot, but eight for 18 is good. 23 points. Flagler goes six for 15. Not good. 20 points. And Langston love Langston Love. It's either Jalen Bridges or Langston Love has stepped up and been one of those guys. And it, look, one can exist without the other and Baylor be really, really good. It seems like those two guys are like the, all right, if this kid gets 15, it's wraps. Yeah. Yeah. And Langston, it, I mean, it's, it's so interesting to like think about the evolution of where he's come this just within this season. Right. So, I mean, you essentially, can think of him as an additional top 25 recruit that we brought in this year because he didn't play his freshman year with the knee. Um, and so to see him really coming into his own, getting comfortable, I mean, he even has said it himself in a presser that until the brace came off, he didn't feel 
100% confident in his knee. And we saw this kind of resurgence of him. And then in Texas, it's like, oh my gosh, Langston's out, thigh contusion, whatever. And it was so apparent how important he is. So apparent. And then today, I mean, he was super efficient. Like you want to talk about the opposite of a volume shooter. Langston, it was everything was going in. He was physical. My favorite play he had was when he got to the hole for the and one. And the guy was just not big enough to guard him. I mean, Langston is a legitimate 6'5 with like close to a 6'9, 6'10 wingspan. It's it's a great piece to have. Um, and quite frankly, when LJ went down, Langston just kind of said it's time. Like it's time to cook and I'm, I'm about to cook. Yeah, Langston finishes seven for nine for 19 points awesome i i that's awesome i'm happy with the way that he played confused a bit this is like there's no segue it's kind of unrelated confused a bit no josh Ojinwuna. josh o did not like chamochach was going to get those minutes now of course but i i guess you just you'll only you'll never see thamba chamochach chamochachua and Josh Ojinwuna, those three guys will never intersect paths on the basketball court. I think we learned that last night. I think so too. And and I found myself thinking about that actually. Um, like halfway through the second half when the lineup on the court was Loner, uh, Chamuchachua, um, and it was Langston, Flagler, and Dale. And I was like, this is such an interesting lineup. I would be willing to bet billions of dollars at these guys have never played together before except maybe in practice which is probably true um because ej just came back but i was thinking like why isn't you know what would joshua look like in caleb's spot here i mean like you said caleb i've i've interviewed him he's an awesome dude i love like really genuinely like have like loved getting like getting to know him in that you know time but it's like what would joshua give us and then i kind of realized that caleb is still a little bit more of a versatile defender on the perimeter and just i think that it's, it's almost too much size in a way. Like you can't have EJ and Josh kind of roaming the paint on the floor together. And so I, I think Caleb just gives you enough versatility around the perimeter that, that Josh O probably isn't going to see those minutes unless something drastic changes at practice. Yeah. I mean, look, name me a, name me a college basketball team that has two true post players on the floor at the same time. In the, in the Big 12, at least the Big 10s, it's different. You know, they're different across every conference, uh, the Big East too. But mm-hmm. Baylor's guard-oriented. They want to stay yeah. small. They're, you're not built for Chama Chachua to be down low and Josh O to be at the high post. It's just not – it's never going to happen for this team. Like, yeah. kinda, I liken it to my intramural team. My intramural team, we have three post guys, myself included, that are all around ish the same level. There's one that's probably stands out, not me. Um, and if we we'll look, we'd love to start all three of us at the same time. It's your probably your, maybe your best starting five, but you can't. You can't yeah. start. Yeah, not everybody can be a post. So does that mean that we see Josh Ojanwuna again outside of garbage time? I don't think we will, unless there's an injury. Like you saw tonight that Oak or last night that if his I don't want to say his season's done, but with the return of everyday John, I, I where is Josh gonna fit? It's like a foul trouble depth play, you know, like truthfully, I feel like it is. Um, and I didn't get to candidly, I didn't get to watch the Texas Tech game. Um, I was in Orlando at Disney World with my wife and her siblings. Oh, wow. um, and so I tried to stream it from Magic Kingdom and that just didn't happen. So did I, I'm not even sure if Josh played against Tech, did he? He did. But I remember. Just yes. probably. Well, John's minutes skyrocketed, yeah. you know, last John night. John went from Tech 14 game, so. to 21. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, there's just not enough minutes to go around in the style of play that we 
put on the court offensively and defensively. Like the switch everything mentality gets really difficult with three dudes out there too. So it's just tough. And I mean, I think that we'll look back on it and like we obviously want John back. He's in the position a lot more often than Josh was. Josh was a freshman. You know, it's just it is what it is. Yeah. But I think that him playing the first half of the season and getting a taste of Big 12 is going to be massive next year when Flo is no longer on this team. Yeah. Oh, look at now, which we're not, we won't get too deep into it. But Langston Love, Josh O, Everyday John. Sa- save this for the summer when, the when we two need new to recruits talk about that this. are coming yeah. in. That team's going to Dance be one. insane. Insane. Yes. Um, I'm sure we can find some extra eligibility for either Flagler or Cryer because that exists across college basketball now. Uh, Loner, Brit Bridget. I think does Bridges have a year left? He does, yeah. Oh, dude. This could be bad for everybody there, else. There are a lot of talks about him going to the draft, though. No, 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 no. He should I, wait. I'm just telling you what I, I'm just telling you're, you what you're I'm close here. to them. Tell him to wait. He should wait. He needs to come <laughs> back for us. We should we do that. Uh Brandon, okay, look, let's go into let's go into the, the real stuff, the hard, okay. the hard hitting stuff. Big 12 conference, current mm-hmm. standings after tonight. Baylor has pulled itself within a game of the Big 12 title. I I I, I was gonna bring this up in the podcast of Pete Seuss, and I didn't. But looking at Baylor's schedule over the course of including the the Texas Tech and Oklahoma games, Tech, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and TCU, all four being stacked together, the easiest part of your remaining schedule, I would have been shocked had Baylor not pulled themselves within a game with a Big 12 title race. But now it feels a little more real that, hey, you you win a couple road games, you win a few mm-hmm. games you probably won't be favored in. And legitimately, it is to a point where, despite Texas having a one-game lead, it's anybody's it's anybody's title. It is. And, you know, I don't think that we're 100% sure on the health of Mike Miles Jr. and Eddie Lampkin going into Saturday. I'm yeah. not sure if they've completely been ruled out yet, but if they haven't, that's not a super easy gimme game. You know, I mean, they just beat us at home. It's a rivalry, tough place to play. But if they're not healthy, you – you have to think Baylor goes in there. No, it's not a tough TCU place to play. Don't give them that credit, Brandon. It's the worst place to play. They don't pack it out. It's that's, like the Farrell Center. That's, I mean, that's true. But the, the court is just horrendous. I'm assuming that distracts the players. And then, you know, you have West Virginia at home next Monday. I I, I, I feel like if we go 2-0 and the next two games, we have a legitimate chance to be tied for the Big 12 championship conference lead, which is not a super hot take at all because we're one game back, just assuming Texas drops a game. But, I mean, it's right there, and then I think really, like, if the team peaks and hits its stride, anything can happen yeah. in February and March. So we have, you know, really, in my mind, like one or two more tough road games with Kansas and Oklahoma State. Kansas State, oh, well. It's, yeah, it's a tough schedule down the stretch. But also have Texas at home and Iowa State at home to close it out. So we'll see. So do you want the, the good news or the bad news? Is the bad news that your previous podcast guest predicted Iowa State win the Big Twelve and they got waxed at West Virginia? Yeah, that's that's the bad news for Pete Souza. Yeah. Um, the the bad news for us here on this podcast. Let me mm. see if I can do this. Is looking at Texas schedule over the course of the next few days. So the Longhorns have not the toughest venture um, here pretty soon. I mean, it's not going to let me do it. Uh, their next couple include. West Virginia at home. That's a win on Saturday. Yeah. Texas Tech on the road. Oh, man, I'd love for them to lose that game on Monday. Be Probably, all a, win. Probably, Probably a win. Probably a win. Oklahoma in Austin. They're win. likely 3-0. and Then they get Iowa State at home. Iowa State sucks on the road. Texas is likely 4-0 and in their next four games. Yeah. Ba- Baylor 
on the other hand, their next four at TCU against West Virginia. Then you go on the road to face Kansas and Kansas State. Yeah, it's tough. You're probably going to lose both of those games. <sighs> probably going to lose both of those games. But here's your statement. Is it, is it crazy to think that we have a better chance to beat Kansas and Fog Allen than Kansas State? Just matchup-wise, I think that I think we can. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's 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 a little crazy. I think we have a better shot at Kansas. Depends State. on what the Zebras do, but yeah. Yes, that is also very true. Um, the Kansas game, that Baylor Kansas game, is on a what is TCU's on the eleventh, which is a Saturday. It's Saturday, three p.m. game. Ooh. Yeah, we could be in trouble. Pretty interesting. Um, so the 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 Texas schedule though, saving grace here. This is this is a little sporadic, but I'm trying to give you how Baylor can win the Big Twelve title. Yes. Texas is at home against Iowa State. I've given them four now. I've given them the next four games. Then they go to Waco. Give me a Baylor win there. They go to Fort Worth. No pressure on the Bears, but that Texas game at Baylor in Waco, February 25th, is the first Baylor basketball game my dad will have gone to. He's flying in from Connecticut. Ever? Ever. Okay. So that's a win. That's a win. Baylor wins. Brandon, before you get too like, oh, yeah, well, they won, but they're still going to win the Big 12. Ah, contraire. Then Texas goes to TCU. If TCU is healthy by March 1st, that's a TCU win. Yep. Then Texas plays at home against Kansas. That could very well be a Kansas win. And if Kansas wins that game, if Texas goes 4-3 and three in their next seven, and your fighting Baylor Bears can knock off TCU on Saturday, which I think is really plausible, can beat West Virginia at home, it's got to happen, and then... Kansas on the road, Kansas State on the road, tough games, Texas at home, at Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. In those five games, if your Bears can find a way to go 4-1, and one, the league is theirs. The path the path is there, Brandon. And this I think that's a two-seed in the tournament. Yeah, you know what sucks is the, the winner of the Big 12 is probably going to be a two-seed. Isn't yeah. that stupid? It's dumb, but like... When we potted three weeks ago, we were talking about if Baylor had a case for a four seed. You know, I mean, it's like the season has changed, but I agree with you. I think, I think the path is there to win. I think it's, I was supposed to play pad cop, but now you've convinced me. I think it's going to happen. Um, yeah, I think if we just split that, those two games in the state of Kansas, I think it's, it's right there for us. Well, look, if you can even go five and two, I, I'm confident that Texas goes four and three down the stretch. If you can go five and two here, for Baylor, if you can win five of the next seven, you can win the league. It's right there for you. It makes yeah. that Saturday game in Waco very interesting. Oh, massive. And Texas yeah. should come off a four-game winning streak. Look, West Virginia and Austin. It's got to be a win. Texas Tech at a United Air Market grocery store stadium. Hopefully, Tech gets a win. They'll be fired up for that. A Monday 8 p.m. game. Tough atmosphere. Texas still probably wins. Oklahoma going to Austin. Blow them out. Iowa State going to Austin, they'll blow them out. But those last three games, they might go 0-3. Brandon, if they go 0-3, the door is there. The door is there. Does this team deserve a Big 12 championship right now? No, Brandon, they don't. <laughs> they no. don't. They but don't. I am still giving it to them. It's it's there. It's possible. It's possible. And, I mean, it's crazy that it's possible because when we went started conference 0-3. 0-3, that was bad, wasn't it? There was zero talk between any just within their right mind Baylor fan of a conference championship. Yeah. It was the sky's falling. Are we going to make the tournament? It was ridiculous. And now it's right there. So, I mean, that's the great part about college basketball. And I'm, I'm excited to watch. 
Yeah, now you're tied with uh, now you're tied with every other team. So, yeah. but Texas has a one game lead on everybody, but the rest of these league standings have pretty much everybody bunched up. Kansas State seven and four. Kansas, Baylor, Iowa State, all at seven and four. TCU six and five. Oklahoma State six and five. Um, this is it's awesome. It's parody at its finest. Seven teams that are all in the running for a Big Twelve championship, and uh, a legit seven teams. So it's going to be five. Now it's seven. Yeah. And West Virginia is going to the tournament. They'll go dancing. Oklahoma at two and nine. They have the Alabama win. They need some help. Texas Tech still twelve and twelve. If each of those teams can find a way to at least pick up five, six conference wins, they'll make a they'll make a case. Which we're cool with them doing that because neither of those teams play us anymore. Right. Go win out. I hope oh, yeah, you wins out. I hope Texas Tech wins out. And everybody, everybody else has enough wins at this point to to an extent yeah. to make it to the NCAA tournament. So let's get ten in. Let's do it. Let's do it. I I do. I do just want to talk about one more thing from right. last night's game. Yeah, that's fine. That is critical for Baylor winning the Big Twelve. Mm. Do you know where I'm going with this? It would be 69 missed free throws this season. <laughs> They're up to 71, unfortunately. Yes. But but no, it's the all suspicious L.J. Cryer leg irritation injury officially reported from Baylor athletics that kept him out of the second half. Oh. Drake, you are a senior in college at a prestigious university. Can you please for me define leg irritation? Um, it's the thing that I feel when my dog sleeps on my right leg and I wake up and it's asleep. So why did Cryer not play in the second half? I'm worried about the feet, man. I'm no. worried about the feet. He Drake, was sitting I, in halftime in the locker room. He was crisscross applesauce. His right leg fell asleep. Couldn't get it to wake up. I hope you're right. But if LJ is out for any extended time, we saw Langston thankfully stepped up. Dale looked serviceable and looked good. But that is a major blow offensively if this defense is not going to be able to make big stops. We need the point production. Yeah, you do. I'm worried. I'm worried. See, this this pot when we pot, it's always all over the place. But I'm back to being bad cop. I'm worried, man. Nah, I like it. I'm worried. Uh, yeah, Dale, Dale, Dale played seven minutes and didn't take one shot. But he had a foul. That was he the looked, only statty log. He looked good defensively. Looked good defensively. Yeah, only got that had one that. foul, which is good. Yeah, he does lead the team in steals and has been road to filtered out of the rotation. So yeah, does he um, still lead us in steals? Yeah, average. Yeah, average okay. steals. Got so, it. Um, what if I told you Sikkim Bears? I'm in for sick and bears. I saw you had the little beat TCU pin. This is why you need to subscribe and watch every episode on YouTube to see all Drake's merch. Yep. You got to do it, been. man. It always will be. Come back tomorrow. We'll talk about uh, Robbie Triano joins the show tomorrow. I completely forgot he's coming on the show tomorrow. Robbie Triano joins the show tomorrow. We'll talk about Big 12 basketball. Baylor plays this weekend against somebody. I'll figure it out who. Uh, TCU. This has been Brandon It Always Will Be. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Pete Susan, you included Pete. Thanks for listening to this one. Locked on. Say it, man. Baylor. Baylor.